out from the station, their passenger car derailed and rolled down a 20-foot culvert, landing upside down. Franklin and Jane were bruised, but otherwise fine. Benny was not. The back of his head had been crushed, killing him instantly, as his parents looked on, helpless to stop it. Pierce had experienced every parent's nightmare at the worst possible time for both himself and the nation. He was just incapacitated. Matter of fact, he wrote his good friend Jefferson Davis saying that he did not know how to, quote, summons up my manhood to gather up the energies to face the responsibilities that are in front of me. I talked to Harold Ivan Smith, a grief specialist and author of the book Grief Keeping, Learning How Long Grief Lasts, which chronicles the grief of 16 presidents and eight first ladies, about how President and Mrs. Pierce were traumatized by this tragedy. Can I call you a presidential grief specialist? Yes. What does that entail, being a presidential grief specialist? Well, studying the presidents and first ladies to understand, number one, deaths that happen in the White House that may or may not have impacted their presidency, but also to look at antecedent deaths, things that happened before they went to the White House that shaped their lives. So this is 1852, 1853, that Pierce is, is going through this. What kind of grieving techniques would have been available to him or advice? Would people just have said, you're a man, deal with it? Or were there any things he could have done to process this grief at the time? The one thing, which, to my knowledge, he did not do was to speak to a minister. But there was no comprehension of grief counseling. This was the burden that had fallen on you and do the best you can. It's so hard to even think about someone being in that situation and having to witness it. And it's it's really heartbreaking. Yes. And then where it became complicated, though, and I tell grievers this, it's you can ask why until you're blue in the face or you're hoarse. But I've always said that the better question is now what? Well, the Pierces interpreted the death very, very differently. Mrs. Pierce was such a very stern Calvinist, which meant everything that happens is God's will. God has ordered it, and God is punishing Franklin for his sin. So. Uh, she was in a fine stew by the time she got to the White House. And how do you think all this affects the president himself, that he's lost his son, and now shortly after entering office, his wife blames him for the death on a spiritual level? Uh, does this? Do you think this affected his work as president? I mean, I mean, it would affect my work, and I'm not president. It definitely did for two reasons. Washington was a very convivial town, and he had served in Congress. He had also been senator. So for her not to go out, not to be open to social functions in the White House, it just kind of shut the place down. So there are many people who would suggest that the cabinet basically ran the government and that at least the rumors were very strong that Franklin Pierce had gone back to drinking. 
some might remind us that, well, in those days, losing a child was not uncommon at all. And I would say, well, that is true, but to have lost three children, all of your children, is an issue. And then not to have your wife with you. So you wonder if his wife had been there, even with the death, if that would have been a supportive time. But he was kind of very much alone. We'll never know for sure whether President Pierce returned to drinking well in the White House, but after the presidency, we know he fell off the wagon hard. When Jane wasn't around, Pierce would binge on brandy and champagne with his friends, and when Jane died in 1863, he added one.